Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio, and today I got a great question from one of my YouTube subscribers. By the way, thank you for your questions. I really appreciate you on the feedback and the questions, so keep them coming. And if I haven't gotten to your question, I'm sorry, I'm getting a lot of them. I'm doing my best to kind of answer them. And this one comes from my man, Aman Agrawal. Aman Agrawal, A-G-R-A-W-A-L. Now, Aman has sent me something in the past, and apparently I ignored him because he's persistent. This guy's a true salesperson because he, again, followed up and says, hey, did you get my question? And I said, no, I didn't. Please send it again. So, again, thank you for your patience, Aman. I get so many questions that sometimes, you know, they fall through the gap. So I'm doing my best to answer these, okay? All right, let's get to it because... I think this is going to help a lot of companies out there. Look, if you're a business that's just starting out, if you're a business that's just starting out and you're trying to get new business, but you have to deal with the uh, the illusion, the impression that you're too young, you're just starting out, why buy from you? This podcast is for you. So Aman has the following question. Let's see if I can help him says, we are a startup company providing online software to schools as a service. All right, that's a different way of saying SaaS, schools as a service. That was a joke, come on. And our customers feel that we are not experienced when we approach people outside our city. They even say getting support from you during any problems would, would be impossible. And having a lot of competitors baffles us and as to how to proceed. Kind of like that he's written that. Your help would be a life changer for me. All right, let's break this down, Amon. Let's see what's going on here. So the big problem here is you have an online software package, right? Software to schools as a service, right? Now, it doesn't even matter what the software is. You're offering software as a service. That's what you're doing, right? And the fact that you're not in the city, so I'm gonna assume that you know, you're know you quite a distance. And for, I guess for people here in the US, you would be out of state or not in the region, right? So the problem is you're not around the corner, so I can call you very quickly. That's one problem. The second problem is, is that because you're a startup, you're perceived as being inexperienced. And so this makes a lot of sense why schools would be hesitant in working with you. So let's walk through the issues, Amon. One, experience. Two, distance. But three, you're dealing with a school system. Now, I'm going to assume that it's outside the U.S. I think this is an international one. So you may have the same problem we have, is that when you deal with schools, you're dealing with government. When you deal with government, you're dealing with bureaucracy. That becomes just complicated, right? So one of the first things that I like to ask you, Amon, is that, and again, if you're in the U.S., then this should make sense. If you're not, maybe it'll make sense. And that is, can you split your market? You got the private market and then you got the public market. What do I mean by that? Public market is basically schools that are run by the government, right? Schools that are run by the government. And that means you're gonna deal with a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of bureaucracy. And typically they're gonna go out there, ask for bids. Uh, you're gonna be the top three to five, then you're gonna have a bake-off and whoever has the best price is gonna win. It's always a long process. But my question to you is that maybe we shouldn't go after public schools, government-run public schools. Maybe we should go after, Amman private schools. 
These are schools that are not owned by the government, are owned by a, let's just say, board of directors, just to kind of keep it simple, or investors, and it's run by a smaller group, less bureaucratic. So that's one of the first things I like to put in your brain right now is that could we shift our marketing approach from public to maybe private schools, even small, specific, very niche private schools. So give that some thought, because I think that'll be a good jump over the first hurdle. Second, no experience. Now, your goal is to convince them that even though you've only been around, let's say, a year, you have the experience. So how do you demonstrate that, Amon? I mean, how can you show them? I'd have to look at your business plan, what you're currently doing, what you've done in the past to really understand what's going on. But let's kind of assume something that you have, you're just starting out and you, have, you haven't worked with any schools before. My first step would be, and again, assuming I'm going after the private sector, is I would go after a couple of private schools and convince them to let me install my system or let them log on to my system as a service and let them use it for 90 days. And the only thing I want back is their feedback on my platform. Now, here's the goal, Amon. If I give them the platform to use for 90 days, one, it's a good way to kind of start the sales conversation and maybe get into that school. But even if you don't close the deal because they said, we don't have the budget, you say, it's not about the money. We just want you to try it. Give us your feedback because we want to really develop this the right way. At the end of 90 days, all I require from you, Mr. Customer, quote unquote, is that you give us a report on what you think of the software. Now, here's the interesting thing, about If you do it right, you're going to have at least two or three schools that are testing your product, right? That are using your product. So then when you go do a presentation, you can say, look, right now we have pilot programs running. We got three schools testing out our software product. So again, we're in the system already. We're starting to use it. We're working with schools already. And this is a good way to kickstart you into getting some experience or demonstrating that the software is ready because schools are using it. Okay, get the idea, Amon? We need some credibility. We need some social proof. Look up the phrase social proof. It's demonstrating something to the customer, giving them proof that it works. This is proof of concept, it works. By working with these three schools, if you can get a report back that says they love it, well, maybe you can cut these three schools a good deal. Get them on board for, you know, I'll just say almost at cost because all we want to do is build a customer base and then we're going to really use them as referrals to go after other businesses, okay, or other schools. So again, consider that point of view. So again, the first one is Target your right market. Maybe private versus public would be better. Two, when you don't have experience, demonstrate that again, you know, even if you don't you haven't been around for a while, you know, demonstrate that you're working with companies or other schools. Also keep in mind what I, one of my favorite strategies Amon to use is I like to flip the objection on them. When somebody tells me, Victor, you know, um, you've only been around for less than a year, you know, you don't have the experience. I always flip that around and says, well, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. And he always says, what do you mean? I said, look, when you're working with a small company like us, that means you're gonna get our attention. That means we're not gonna treat you as a number like a large company would. You're not gonna get lost in the mix. We're gonna be more responsive because we're more hungry and we want your business. So you wanna work with a new and smaller company, Mr. Customer. 
Do you see what I did there, Armand? I just flipped the objection into a positive. So keep that in mind. And again, show them the number of, you know, if you've got like five or seven engineers working for you, show them the number of people you got working, their resumes, but also, you know, some of, you know, the number of years. You know, in this group, we have over 100 years worth of experience. So we're new to the market, but we're not inexperienced. Listen to what I just said. We're new to the market, but we have the experience. Number three is local support. The big problem you mentioned. Again, one of the things I would do is, if you are, let's say, 100, 200 miles away, you can demonstrate to them by maybe saying, we have 24-hour service, 24, 365, online support is always on. But what you might want to do is find a local partner, like a contractor in the area. So if anything goes wrong, you can contract that person to go in there and fix it right away. That would block that objection. So consider that. You know, again, if we have somebody local that we contract on a per hour basis when we use them, that's in fact, that's all you have to pay them when you use them, Amon, then again, that's an advantage. You said, look, we already have a contractor in place that lives three miles from here three kilometers from here, it's not a big deal. At moment's notice, we can call them and we'll be there in one hour. And then talk about your mean time to repair. That every time it's a problem, we typically solve it within the first two hours. So you're starting to get the idea, Amon. There's so many ways that you can actually approach this market. So I hope these three tips help. One, sector, you know, uh, when you look at the market sectors, really try to partition them into public versus private, and maybe private's a better deal. When they say you don't have experience, well, guess what? Get some other people on board, get some people on your side, some schools that you've worked with, get some maybe testimonials from them, and again, flip the inexperience on them. Say, it's good to work with a small company because we're more responsive. Number three, local support. Keep in mind, hiring a contractor on a per hour basis, only when you use them, could actually kind of squash that objection. In other words, that will no longer be objection when you can say we have somebody local who will respond to our calls or your calls almost immediately. So keep these things in mind, Amon, as you do these presentations. I want to add two or three things as I sum up here. Also, one of the objections you're going to face is, are you going to be around for the next year? That's a big question, Amon. When you're a startup company, one of the things that people worry about is, are you going to be around a year from now? In fact, you know, do you have the resources to stay funded and be around? And then, can you make changes? If they need changes, can you make them? Again, these are things I want you to think about because these are objections in the customer's head. What I'm going to suggest to you, Aman, is to go online, sign up for my Sales Mastery Academy. Two programs I want you to look at. Blocking objections is the big one, and inside the customer brain. I think those two programs will give you some insight into how to sell more effectively. Well, anyway, that's it for the Sales Influence Podcast. Don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. And also, check out my new online sales training platform, the Sales Mastery Academy. 24 courses, 300 videos, my 12 books, all online at the salesmasteryacademy.us. That's salesmasteryacademy.us. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes, 
But the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me and it's always about them.